Hey everyone, Sherry here. Welcome and thank you. So this is my second episode on my podcast, which is my humble review. So I just posted my video on YouTube about overcoming social anxiety. And pretty much I just spoke about the components, what to know and how to deal with it. Uh, But here I'd, I'd like to get a little bit more personal and talk about the things that I've personally dealt with. So... I've pretty much been a shy and quiet and reserved type of person. But for me, dealing with social anxiety came from childhood, actually. And for some strange reason, I always thought it was me and I couldn't fit in. But I just realized that I was just a little bit different than everybody else. Growing up as a child, um, I do remember moments where I would hang out with friends and I did try to fit in. But I remember from a really young age, like when I'd be playing like with the kids in the backyard, like for some reason I was just like the odd man out. And my mom would always come back and tell me, well, Sherry, it's because you're the only child. It's because you have your mom and your dad, you know. And, you know, my dad would be like, well, you're too smart for those kids anyway. But for some strange reason, it would always be me and them, or I and them, if you will. And I remember... There was a young man, he lived upstairs from us because my dad bought a two-family home and we were pretty much were in the same age group. He was one year older than me. And we were cool, you know, like we didn't have any problems. But um, I remember the kids from down the block, they used to try to say like we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Mind you, we were like seven, eight years old, you know. Oh, you guys go together. You, you know, you guys are boyfriend and girlfriend. And I remember every time I would go in the back, they would taunt me. And they would always, like, make fun of us, like, being together. But, like, what is being together? I'm, like, seven, you know? And I remember the last straw for me was they actually made us fight. They said, if you guys aren't boyfriend and girlfriend, you must fight right now. And I remember we fought. And I remember us looking at each other like, we don't want to fight, but they say we have to, right? And I remember we started hitting each other. I remember, like, he punched me in my nose and my stomach. And I remember everybody just started laughing at me. I just stopped. And it was after that moment, I never went back outside again. It's funny how we have certain defining moments in our lives, guys, you know. And then I remember going to school, you know, elementary, middle school, and just not fitting in, you know. Always being made fun of for the darkness of my skin, you know, having purple gum, my hair not being all, you know, straight. And I remember I'd go to the teachers and I'd be like, well, hey, such and such is making fun of me. And, you know, like they'd pass it over. And it wasn't until I would go and stand up for myself, then we're in trouble, you know. So those two components taught me you're not welcome in society and don't speak up. (laughs) So I ended up just going into myself, you know. Um, I had aspirations of becoming an artist growing up. you know, I wanted to be a pediatrician, a psychologist, wanted to be an Egyptologist. Um, but I just started to be like my own best friend, you know, started to get into writing. I remember I wrote a script like when I was like 20. I remember I like designed a whole like line of sneakers like at 19. You know, these are just things like I did to go into myself. I remember, you know, high school wasn't too bad. I did have a couple friends. I can't say high school was too bad, but it was still a couple people like, who is she? You know, why does she look like that? How do we make her feel uncomfortable? 
And, you know, college wasn't too bad. Thank God I went to Mega Edwards College. Um, was able to get my AA and my BA. And uh, college, I would say college was a more pleasurable experience because it was more like adults there. And it was more people just trying to get their degree and get out, you know. But, of course, had couples because back in the day I used to dress my behind off. I was a dresser back in the day, you know. So that's one thing I used to have going for me. I was an impeccable dresser. And my mom and dad are great dressers too. And um, I remember I went to school, did what I had to do. But it was always a couple or a few. I remember I graduated, got my MA, or my MS, I should say, in psychology. And then I got into the real world. So I went from my personal to my, you know, school life, now to my professional life. So I've had two jobs in my adult career. Um, the first job, I was pretty much a security guard, you know, helping people in shelters to get back on their feet, and I loved it, you know. But of course, you know, you have certain situations with certain staff, you bond with certain clients and certain people are like, what's going on there? And then you get to talking and the chattering, and then you get to actually hosting, you know. And then when I got into my current career, I was like a fish out of water. I didn't know how to interact. Even though I would walk in and say, hey, you know, my name's Shari, it would still be those couple jaded people who would be like, why is she so happy? We don't like her. We won't speak to her, you know. So I went from this warm and bubbly, hey, good morning, how you doing, everybody, to, okay, well, that one doesn't speak to me. That one ignores me. That one turns their back. I know that one's talking about me. <laughs> and I found myself mirroring certain people's behaviors. And the thing about group mentality is most people aren't allowed, or how should I say, most people aren't brave enough to stand in their own truth. So someone could know that they mistreated you. And when you have the audacity to treat them back the same way, it's like, who does that person think they are, you know? So I remember it would just like gradually, tr you know, trickle down, you know, like, uh, just trickle down the way of like, okay, well, I was cool with this person like a week ago. Now they're not talking to me. So then, unfortunately, I got to this place of, okay, well, you guys aren't talking to me. Well, then I'm not talking to you, but I'm still talking to certain people. So that went from warm and bubbly Sherry to dealing with people as how they deal with me to me just not being bothered at all. And it got to a place where people thought that I was mean-spirited and that I didn't have any manners when it was just my social anxiety growing, you know? And the thing about people being malicious and people not wanting to misunderstand, they'll continually, you know, start to point the picture at you. And it, it, it can come like vigilante behavior, you know? People don't take the time to understand, well, why isn't that person walking in and speaking to me? You know, a lot of, some people would know, yes, yeah, because we're treating her bad, but people don't want to resolve it. People don't care about why you're sad or what's going on, you know, they just make it worse, because people will know you're every, you have every right to no longer socialize with them anymore, but because they think that you're beneath them, or it's like, who are you to treat me the way I treat you, it's like people get more mean, and more gross, and it almost becomes unsafe, I've had experiences in my life where it, it actually had got unsafe, 
being in certain environments because I would stand up for myself and I said, I'm not going to deal with that anymore. And in certain situations, you know, it situation got so unsafe and so unhealthy that pretty much everyone started to act as if it was me. And the sad thing about it is I, I would always say I can deal with the old circus, the old clowns in the old circus, but when the new clowns come along and they start being in the circus, it's it's, it's almost like a, a psychology ex, um, experiment. You know, it's like people aren't brave enough to form their own opinions. It's like they think, okay, well, everyone's behaving like that, and I must behave that way too to fit in. But one thing about me is I don't care what people think. I know who I am. I know that I'm a very warm and welcoming person. And if a person chooses to turn their back on me, so to speak, I'll just let them. I'll just turn mine as well. You know, but as I am on this self-healing journey, I'm learning that it's not about treating others how they treat you, but just conserving your energy so you're lavish on others. And I've been able to cope with social anxiety in a way of knowing that it's not me and it's not and it's unfortunate some of the situations that I've ended up being in, the very toxic and hostile um, situations in my past because of people misunderstanding me. And I noticed that I would try to explain the situation to certain people and say, well, it's not me, it's them, this person did this, but no one wants to understand. I almost feel like people almost get off on the sense of, there goes a victim, let's treat them bad, you know, and shame on that person. And I'm feeling bad today, let me just go kick this person. Or they look sad, let's laugh at them behind their back. And people don't understand, it's a very dangerous thing to ostracize someone, you know. And, you know, I thank God for my mom and my dad and, you know, my family, my friends for just always encouraging me. You know, I remember one time I was a part of a certain group, a certain, certain social group, and I just got a bad vibe from them, so I just decided not to be a part of it anymore. And I remember one of the members, she just had to have me back. You know, she just had to have me back. And, you know, I, you know, I was trying to be nice. You know, I'll come back in due time. Because I didn't know if I was going to go back to the group. But I said, you know what, for now, I'm just going to bow out. And I remember becoming friends with another person. And I remember she invited me to a certain social group. Um, and bear in mind, I show up with the friend there. That old friend, she's standing there looking at us. So it was in that moment I realized, oh, so you set me up so that I can see this girl, so that means you and her were talking. Come to find out they were working in the same place. So not dealing with that friend anymore, you know. So it's these little things that we tend to go through in our lives that teach us how to deal with people. Um, for a while, you know, I was, I was closed off because I said, you know, I have to preserve myself. But I realized in terms of me growing and just finding everything that God has for me, I realize that I cannot let others affect me and the journey that I'm on. Um, I'm so looking forward to the future that I have, and I refuse to let something such as social anxiety or, you know, the fear of not being accepted by people keep me back. I no longer have a fear of being accepted. And I learned some time ago, they say social anxiety comes from this fear of people not wanting you around. It's this fear of like you not being good enough. And 
I refuse to let anyone who, who doesn't know me and who hasn't put anything into my life take away from me. Because as my mom says, they don't know how, how you got this thing. You know, as I always say, if anyone doesn't bring anything into your life, they don't have any right to take away from you. And it's a sad thing when people in a group environment can see that someone's sad and when someone's struggling and they just put more on that person's plate by misunderstanding. You know, I've had situations in my personal life and at my work life where it was just a misunderstanding and then lies were told and then it became this big monster, you know, and then I became Godzilla at some point, you know. It was everybody else in the village, but I'm Godzilla now. And all it took was a question. You know, people would go by hearsay and, you know, look at her. Yeah, I, I believe that she said that or she would do something like that. And instead of people just trying to find the truth, people will run with it. And I used to think that, you know, that was an isolated situation for myself. But many people go through this. It's just that a lot of people don't have the courage to speak up. And for me, in, in my past situations, it got worse when I spoke up. So it was not only are we not gonna miss, not only are we gonna misunderstand you and treat you like trash, we're gonna treat you even worse as you speak up. That's why what am I saying is speak your truth, even if it offends. I will speak my truth, and I refuse to be silenced. That's one of the reasons why I decided to start um, my YouTube page, our YouTube page called. Uh, my humble review and you know in the first video I say it's for everybody who's been silenced for everybody who feels like they don't have a voice this is your platform I thank God for where he's taken me these past couple years in my life I've had extreme ups and downs you know I've had um, serious surgery I had a teratoma tumor in my right ovary um, it was a point that I thought I was gonna lose my ovary I thought I wasn't going to be able to have kids, you know. But thank God that came out. You know, I still got to do my checkups. You know, I've had um, terrible relationships um, where I've just given, given, given. And, you know, it, it would be at points where I didn't even know who I was in the mirror, you know. I've dealt with family members backstabbing me, my home life being unstable, all while having to get up and put on this shiny face and continue in my profession, continue in society. And, you know, I'm so thankful for everything that I've gone through because I'm so on the other side of that now. You know, growing up, you know, the saying was a, a child is better to be seen than heard. And unfortunately, I took that into my adult life, especially when there were situations where people made me feel that I wasn't good enough. You know, I've had people exposing me, like people who I thought that were trusted friends that I could confide in. I've had people exposing the trust that I had in them just for others to go and laugh at me because they tried to test certain boundaries that I didn't want to go forward with, you know. So, you know, I've dealt with betrayal. And, you know, who, who hasn't? And um, I know that a lot of people have gone through a lot of things in their life and even more so than I have. But, you know, I just feel like if I can just speak from the heart and just speak on things that have affected me, I feel like that can just start our healing, so to speak. You know, I'm 35 now. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. You know, and as I've stated in my videos, um, I'm West Indian. I was born and raised in Bed-Stuy and Flatbush, Brooklyn. 
Um, but I'm of West Indian descent. My family, my descent, my family's from Trinidad and Tobago. And if anybody comes from a working class family, an immigrant family, you know, you come to America, do what you got to do, make us proud, and then you have the kids, and then you have the babies, and there's no in between. You know, so as being a, a, a an American woman, a, a modern girl, as one of the reggae songs um, had, you know, once said, I am learning the gray areas in my life. Gray is okay. You know, my whole life has been black and white, you know, and I'm just so thankful and proud of myself as the adult that I am, you know. You know, funny enough, I've done, I did everything my parents asked me to. You know, I went to school. Um, I made a better life for myself. I was able to buy my first house in my 20s, you know. In my profession, I'm the first and only person in my family. I'm the only person who went to grad school and graduated. And this is not to pat myself on the back, but I'm just thankful for the guidance of my mom and my dad. Now, with all that said, in with me doing all my achieving, I wasn't learning how to be Sherry. And, you know, I waited until I was 27. I gave myself to the wrong person at 27. They took, they came, they took, they left. I had to end up dealing with that, you know. And then that kind of just trickled down, you know, the hill of the type of people I allowed into my life. And and this, this went to, like, girlfriends too, you know. I've, I've told the stories in my videos where, in our videos where I had friends who just would call me when they needed something. You know, I was always the butt of the jokes. So it got to a place where I did have to withdraw myself for a, a moment and to distance myself from these certain people that I called friends just to see, well, what's going on? How is it that every person that I'm dealing with are using me and abusing me in some way? But I realized it was because my self-esteem was low while I was attracting those type of users and abusers and then those narcissistic people, you know, so I've had to do a lot of self-analyzing. I've had to think about what are my goals, you know. I, f I forgot who I was for a moment. And now I'm at a place where I'm not allowing any nonsense into my life. I am so proud of what I'm doing for a living. And I'm so thankful to the organization that it has employed me. And, you know, with me finding my voice now, as I said, I will not be silenced. I will speak my truth even if it offends, even if the crowd doesn't want me to hear it. So I would like to say, I believe that I'm safely over my, self, my social anxiety. Um, you know, I am still a quiet and reserved person. It might take me a little bit to warm up to the room. But, you know, at this point in my life, I can still see myself, you know, doing a TED Talk and crushing it because I know who I am and I know who, what I'm about and I know what I want to say. And I just feel like, you know, God has blessed me with such sudden wisdom as he has blessed, you know, Solomon. You know, everybody could read the Song of Solomon, you know, in the, in the Bible. Um, I guess because I did my work, I've been able to get rid of a lot of the poisons that were in my life. You know, people, the emotions, the mental, the food. You know, I've been a vegan for a couple months now, and it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. I can think more clearly. I'm able to assess and analyze situations a lot better. So I purge myself from a lot of unclean things out of my life. Um, my last relationship, it was just taking away. You know, it was very hot and cold, and it was no understanding. It was just, this is how I want you, Sherry, and you have to accept it. And whenever I would stand up for myself, the silent treatment would come in, you know. 
And what I find so astonishing is that this person is trying to come and talk to me again. And my question is, why? If I was this bad person, the way you treated me, why are you coming and trying to speak to me? You know, um, it was a time I thought I was going to marry this person. I really thought I was going to be this person's mistress. But this person just took every chance to show me that it won't work. You know, almost without enough data. You know, like I always said, I, I, I gave the hundred, they gave the zero, you know. But I'm not mad at that person. I wish them and every person that I've been involved with in my personal, professional, and uh, public life, you know, everybody has come to speak to me lately. You know, I hold no grudges, and I'm just so thankful because I promise you I'm taking every experience I've had to teach and help others, and I know it's going to elevate me because I've paid my dues. You see, the thing is, no one knows when certain people are flying high. No one ever knows, well, why is that person doing so good? It's because they paid their dues. You know, God has given them beauty from the ashes. And I personally believe that I am life, the phoenix, rising from the ashes. So I'm so thankful that I found my voice now. And it is no longer my opinion of what anyone thinks of me. Anyone who tries to sully my name and shame me in any group settings, that's on them. Because I promise you I've never given anyone a reason to take anything personal. But I'm happy for them to go. You know, Trent Shelton called your haters a confused supporter. So I'm really thankful for the real congratulators. And I'm thankful for the confused supporters who choose to misunderstand me and you know who choose to try to hurt me and make unsafe environments so I'm very thankful for you and I'm very thankful for the input that you've put into my life <laughs> so I just didn't want to make uh, this podcast too long but I just wanted to talk about my personal uh, experiences with social anxiety you know it came from a, 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 a place from a long time ago just everywhere you know no one ever explains, or they'll explain if you're a part of a certain group, you know. But if, if you're not a part of that group, it's shame, shame, shame. You don't, you don't belong here, shame. And you make that mistake, we'll just punish you instead of explaining it to you because we like laughing at you, you know. And what people don't understand, this adds to social anxiety. It adds to self-hate. It adds to degradation, you know. So in closing, let's try to understand more. Let's try not to judge people. And let's try to not put anything into something when you don't know the situation and when it hasn't touched you personally. And furthermore, understand that when you treat someone unkind, whether it's with physical behavior, your, 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 your sudden movements, your, you know, your gesture, your energy, you have to understand that when somebody treats you back the same way, it is because you asked them to. And it is not because of something they did or it's confirming that they're a bad person. Some people, you treat them badly, you'll, they, will, they will let you. But in some situations that in my ass, in my life, I stand up for myself. So <laughs> I'm not telling everybody to do that. I'm just at a place where I'm no longer tolerating the nonsense, you know. So let's just think of the bigger picture. It's one thing to have social anxiety. But how are we causing other people's social anxiety? What's our karma in all of this? You know, 
social anxiety comes from this mindset of I am not good enough. Who are these people? Who are these mean girls and mean boys? And I'm telling you, I realize this. These mean girls and mean boys, they have no courage to stand on their own. They have no courage to think of things on by themselves. You know? So it's like this group, this herd, they need each other because if any one of them was to stand up by their own or by themselves, I should say, it, it really would be survival of the fittest, you know? You know, they won't be the one man standing. So I am thankful for the times that I have been rejected and ostracized and had to deal with social anxiety because I believe that is what has made me so strong right now. Because if it wasn't for the things that I've been through in being rejected so grossly, I don't think I would have had the courage to start our YouTube channel, to start this uh, podcast, to start my own business. I started my own business a couple months ago. It's called Shari's Special Shea Butter. I make organic shea butter. I'm a businesswoman now. Never thought I'd be a CEO of my own company. And I'm doing this after God and after my family on my own two feet. No one is telling me how to do these things. They just come to me divinely, and I'm so thankful. So I'd like to thank the people who pushed me away because it made me stand on my own two feet. And I plan on making my family very successful and very proud of me one day. And I really plan on making a difference. So I really thank you for coming and speaking with me today. This is just my little take on social anxiety. I'll be back soon. Uh, on our next podcast, I'd like to talk about uh, self-love. Self-love. That's a big topic, too. All right, guys. Thanks for coming and speaking with me today. This is my humble review with Sherry Isaac. And I'll talk to you next time.